Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Unity FM and Parenting Hour this evening on Tuesday evening at 5pm here on Unity FM 93.5. And thank you to our Luton listeners who are also tuned in on 105.1. We are continuing our series of pregnancy and delivery and we have with us again today in the studio, mashallah, Dr. Aisha who is giving up her time, her precious maternity leave time to be with you today to give you the knowledge and skills that you will benefit from, mashallah, if you're pregnant or if your spouse is pregnant or if you know of a friend that's pregnant and you're trying to support them or if you are a a mother-in-law or of course a a dad-in-law as well, a father-in-law, you might know need to know these things because you're the one that maybe need to be taking your daughter-in-law or your, your own daughter to the hospital. So it's important to to have some idea of pregnancy, the normal things that happened as we've gone through over the last couple of shows. And today we're going to focus on the more medical disorders and some information around the uh, major disorders that happens to our communities in particular here uh, living in the UK, our ethnic minority, our Muslim communities here in the UK, which probably are similar but a little bit different, uh, as you've heard in the last the last show, that there's some differences also um, in that where they take ethnic minorities into consideration and, and look at them specifically in different areas. So I welcome back Dr. Aisha, welcome back to the studio again. Jazakallah khair, Kathleen. Thank you for having me back. Welcome to come back. Indeed, you're always so happy to see you, mashallah. Always smiling here in front of me, mashallah. And thank you. I do appreciate you giving up your time. As we said in the end of the last show and during the last show, if anybody wanted to email you and had a specific issue, they could email studio at unityfm.net and we can pass on that email. And that um, maybe even a comment, a suggestion, um, a positive comment, not always negative comments. You know, we don't often get comments and we do have uh, some people ringing in when we are on the live shows. But it's always nice to hear people's comments as well. So please, listeners, uh, you know, if you're free over ha- uh, Christmas, holidays and have a few moments and you're on your emails, can you email studio at unityfm.net and just give us some comments, some feedback. It's always, uh, I'm always wondering who's listening into these programs, you know, and are people taking on board this information we're trying to give them? And we're giving a lot of our time here as voluntary, trying to get the, the correct information across. And it would be nice to have that feedback as to know, you know, is, is this useful or not useful <laughs> to people that are listening in? So if you are listening in and have some time over the holidays, we'd really appreciate that. So without further ado, let us go straight into the show, uh, Dr. Aisha. MashaAllah, we've covered last week all about the pregnancy, the delivery. We've had a, a healthy baby. But we know that doesn't happen for everybody, that there are sometimes some difficulties that happen during pregnancy, some things that uh, parents don't know and may, sometimes they just push aside and say oh I'm I'm just a little bit tired I've got other children I'm I'm racing around with them uh, I need a break it's coming up to the holidays now which is just my body telling me I need a break but maybe they're ignoring something important so can you kind of just go over what are the issues the main things that we will go into today I think uh, Jazakallah firstly to, for welcoming back and mm-hmm. yes we're, we've talked about normality and low risk pregnancies mm-hmm. and deliveries in the last few sessions so this time I think I want to focus on diabetes in pregnancy 
pregnancy mm-hmm. and also high blood pressure in pregnancy and maybe touch a little bit about breastfeeding at the end. Um, I'm not a breastfeeding expert, but mm-hmm. I think it's important to address a little bit of that and the benefits and, well, the benefits of it, subhanAllah. Yeah. So um, that's what we'll address this time, inshallah. Mashallah, mashallah. So uh, where will we start? Will we start with diabetes? Uh, if we start with diabetes in pregnancy, mm-hmm. I think there's a small percentage of women um, in the pregnancy who develop diabetes mm-hmm. and that's basically the difficulty of your body in processing sugar obviously we've got a lot of people women well women men in the community who are diabetics anyway mm. and mm. i think as as asian um or as ethnic minorities we are more predisposed to it because of our diet um and because of other several factors we're, we're predisposed to it anyway yeah. so i think it's important for us to remember that and hopefully inshallah maybe you have a show that that talks about just diabetes generally. We've had health. in the past, actually, we've okay. had a few shows and that, and uh, maybe we'll repeat those shows again because we had some experts here talking about that and it's really, really important, yeah. Okay, so I think yeah. what you've actually got is women in pregnancy who are at risk of developing diabetes. And mm-hmm. really, any woman can develop gestational diabetes. Gestational just means in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So if you find um, people, well, if I say the word gestational diabetes, that's what it means. So if you develop mm-hmm. pregnant uh, diabetes in pregnancy, um, well, you're more likely to develop but if your height to weight ratio is above 30 so that's um, something that obviously you know yourself and it's something very simple you can calculate online it's called a body mass index Mm. you probably have that anyway written on your green notes or handheld notes because that tends to be on your growth chart at the top left hand side it says BMI Mm -hmm. and if that's over 30 you're more likely to develop diabetes in pregnancy if you've had a previous baby who's weighed over 4.5 kilograms or 10 pounds at Mm. birth then you're more likely to have uh, diabetes if you've had it before in a previous pregnancy Mm. again you're more likely to have it as with most things in pregnancy if you've had something the last pregnancy you're more likely to have it again Mm. that tends to be generally the norm for um, problems in pregnancy Mm. and if one of your parents or siblings or first degree relative has diabetes as well and um, that's not obviously including grandparents so mm-hmm. you know your midwife will ask you these screening questions inshallah when she sees you mm-hmm. also if you're of Asian Chinese Afro-Caribbean or Middle Eastern origin um, you're at risk as well so you might find that they look at your risk factors and say through this pregnancy we might need to do something called a glucose tolerance test mm-hmm. and that's basically testing how your body responds to glucose and that occurs about 26 weeks of pregnancy mm-hmm. and uh, that's uh, you know one of my one of my consultants actually explained it in a very very nice way saying pregnancy is like a stress test for your body so it sees what your body can handle and if you've got a predisposition or a likelihood of developing diabetes anyway yeah you're it'll basically show up in pregnancy so you have this glucose tolerance test where you do not you're advised not to eat or drink from about midnight the night before your test you come in the morning at nine o'clock you have um, a blood test taken then seeing how your body responds to the fasting state then you're given a glucose drink so it's not something that you buy it's a very specific amount that the that the person who's doing the test will give you have a drink of that just sit down in the clinic relax Wait for your next blood test two hours after that drink. Mm-hmm. And that tells you how your body responds to that sugar intake that you've had. So it's two blood tests that you'll have two hours apart. So the fasting, then the two hour glucose test. Yeah. And that tells you basically if you're more likely, if you're diabetic in pregnancy or not. And that's called a glucose tolerance test. Right. And that's recommended for everybody to, that is... Uh, that's at risk of. Yeah, risk. Um, I think the midwife will highlight that to you if you're more likely 
to de- you're more likely, a, you know, at a risk of developing diabetes in pregnancy. Right. Really good information there about that. And uh, some of our ethnic minorities, I think when we did have the shows about diabetes, they were saying it is more prominent in ethnic minorities. You're right, yes. Yes. It's more likely, you know, in the communities that I mentioned in the in the Asian, Chinese, Afro Caribbean or Middle Eastern population, mm. it's more likely um it to occur. Oh, so something that they should be aware of that. Yeah. Um and what else should they be aware of if you have that complication? I think brain? if you find that you have a positive glucose tolerance test, so you are then deemed diabetic in pregnancy, you will then be changed from low risk to consultant-led care or hospital-led care. And that means you'll have to attend more frequent hospital appointments, especially attending um, the diabetic clinic, where you'll get to see not only an obstetrician, which is a baby doctor, uh, well, a pregnancy doctor, but you'll also get to see a diabetologist, so someone who deals with the diabetic side of Mm -hmm. things and hopefully a diabetic um, nurse as well. So, mashallah, we're very lucky, if you think about it, that you don't have to go 10 places to see someone. There's these special clinics Um, these joint clinics created where you have both the diabetes side and the obstetric side who see you kind of an all-in-one MOT um, to make sure everything's going fine. So you'll have regular appointments at the hospital. You'll also have regular scans to check the baby's growing well. Mm -hmm. There is a right amount of water around the baby. The placenta, which is the powerhouse that supplies baby with the nutrients inside, that's working fine. Um, So you'll have more regular scans, more regular appointments, and we w- wouldn't ideally like you at the point of delivery. Hopefully we'll come on to that later on to deliver, um, a- well, to go beyond 40 weeks um, of pregnancy. Okay. As we do with low-risk women, low-risk mm-hmm. women could potentially go past their due date, be induced mm-hmm. later on with diabetes in pregnancy. We prefer not to for the risks that it might pose to baby for being inside the womb for so long. Very good. That, that's a lot of information that you've just said there um, about diabetes in, indeed and uh, uh, a lot for pair people to take in. And at this stage, I just wanted to remind our listeners about something we did last a uh, couple of weeks ago on um, Parenting Hour when we showed uh, clips of films or we uh, aired clips of films, but they actually can watch it themselves. So listeners, if you like to go to ourchance.org.uk and you can see some uh, some clips there, but we will play you actually at the end of this show, we will play you a clip about diabetes at the end of the show. So we will leave all the clips together at the, at the very end so that we can uh, concentrate on the facts here with Dr. Asia Forrest and just um, you can listen to those clips again at the end then that will re-emphasise again what what Dr. Aisha was just saying. So that's that's a huge issue there. That How many people does this affect, do you know? Currently, the incidence or, the, uh, or how often it occurs is 3.5% in the UK. So that's how often we have diabetes. So if you take 100 women mm-hmm. who are pregnant, mm-hmm. about three or four of them will end up with diabetes in pregnancy. So if you take it that way, that hopefully makes a little bit more sense. Wow, that's quite a lot, actually, isn't it? When you when you look at that, and especially in our community as well. So, once they've been diagnosed that this is an issue that they have, it what happens to them then? What's important for them is to understand that this has implications for them 
and their baby, and it has a long-term implication for them as well um, in terms of their own health, non-pregnant state afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's very important to keep the blood sugars within a certain um, kind of range, and I think the diabetologist will highlight that to them mm-hmm. or the diabetic nurse will when they see them. So, you know, what's the level after breakfast? What's the, your fasting level? So it's very important to keep within these ranges. Mm-hmm. They sound very strict. They sound very stringent. But there's good evidence to show that babies who are inside the womb, when the mom has very good blood sugar control, do much better than babies who are surrounded essentially in a lot of sugar because the mom's unable to control her sugar levels mm-hmm. well. And one of the problems that can happen is you have very big babies. And mm-hmm. I know culturally there are there are some connotations to having a really big baby and <laughs> yeah. a healthy baby and a chubby baby. But this is a sort of big baby that you don't want. This is mm-hmm. um, where you have... in increasing difficulties for delivery. You have need for induced labor or induction. You can also have a risk of cesarean section. So this is where the baby's gotten an unnatural um, or an unnecessary level of sugar, too much sugar, Mm -hmm. because what the mom's doing isn't helping control it. And Mm -hmm. so what you have is problems for the baby then. Um, So it's very important to stick as much as you can. If you're having problems controlling that blood sugar range yeah uh, you know accessing the diabetic midwife because yeah. or, or the diabetic nurse because what they will do is then say actually we've tried managing you with diet let's try something else we might need to move you to tablets and some women need to move on to something called metformin which is a tablet that helps regulate their sugars they might start on 500 milligrams it might move on to one gram they might start it initially a few times in the day mm. then you know three times a day so uh, sorry, twice a day. So it depends. Um, mm. And it's very important to constantly make this joint decision with the diabetic team to make sure the sugar stay within that recommended level. Some women do go on to have insulin in pregnancy. And that's, again, to maintain their sugars. And it's very important. Again, the, you know, the reason we do this is not because um, we would like to inflict any women with injections mm-hmm. on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. But there is huge statistical data to show that women who control their sugars better do better themselves, the babies do better, there's better outcomes for the babies in labor, delivery, and after birth as well. So we're doing it again to have that safe, normal, healthy baby at the end of it. That's the that's the end point. Mm-hmm. And if you think of the medical team as your partners to get to that point, there won't be hopefully that much um, aggravation with mm-hmm. the process. Good. So it's really important to work together there and everybody's trying to work together to have that safety outcome indeed. How can a parent that's in this situation found out they are diabetic, how can they monitor this? How can they know are they eating okay, are they doing okay or if they have, they might have still cravings for chocolate and sweet things and then they're being told no you can't eat this or what can they do, what are they advised to do? I, I completely appreciate and empathize that it can be very difficult, especially when you're faced with cravings and you have a certain diet because that's what the family eats. You know, mm. suddenly you're having to eat something different because you're having to monitor your blood sugar levels. So it can be quite different. But I think if you get the family on board and, you know, you make these health changes for a few months, mm-hmm. actually a diabetic diet is a very healthy diet. It's a very well-rounded diet. It's not a diet in the very um, cultural sense of actually you starve yourself and eat rabbit food. Mm. Um, it's a very healthy diet. Most women I've seen who've taken this on board sustain this very healthy living lifestyle, you know, the food, the portions throughout their life. And it helps them long term because if you're diabetic in pregnancy, you're likely to develop diabetes for the rest of your life mm-hmm. when you're not pregnant anymore. So anyway, your risk is higher now. So mm-hmm. doing this has huge impact, not only for you, 
but for your husband, your children, mm-hmm. your family. So you're changing everyone's life for the better. And, you know, subhanAllah, maybe that's why you're going through this to yeah. move everyone in a positive direction. In terms of monitoring, the women will get a monitor where they prick their finger and get a spot of blood, which they put onto a strip, and that goes into a machine and tells them how much sugar they have. Each woman has her own monitor. It's very important to take your monitor to the appointments with you because you've actually got a history that the doctors can check and also keep a record of the sugar levels at the times that you're required to keep them at. You know, this is a joint partnership. Mm -hmm. We want you to have a healthy baby. You want to have a healthy baby. Mm -hmm. Let's work together to have a healthy baby. So if I do my side of the deal and you do your side of the deal, then we can get somewhere. Yeah. That uh, actually doesn't sound a lot, you know, taking a prick from your finger. But for some people that hate blood, that's quite a lot. And they maybe don't do that. And they may put it off or they may, the monitor might not be around when they were able to do it. Or they forgot the monitor at their mum's house when they were last visiting. And they think, oh, everything's okay. I'll, I'll pick it up next week. It'll be all right. Does that happen sometimes? It does. It does. You find women who haven't filled their diary as... Um as kind of more as regularly as it should have mm. and I think you know a slip here and again is understandable you're a human mm. being but if you're finding that you're consistently missing it because you're always at your mum's house during the day I'd say please remember to take it with you during the day mm-hmm. um, and ideally don't use someone else's monitor because they've got their own record of what their sugar levels are whereas we need your monitor with your sugar levels on it so your monitor is for you to take into hospital to keep your record on um, so that's basically yours. And it is very difficult because suddenly you've been absolutely fine and well. And now mm-hmm. you've got a medical problem. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, a little bit of psychological coping with the fact that, right, I've got to now do things a little bit more differently. Mm-hmm. But if you keep the goal in mind that we're doing this to make sure we have a safe pregnancy, a safe delivery and a healthy baby, inshallah, it should provide more motivation. Inshallah, inshallah. And you can keep your monitor with you in your with your green book or whatever colour book it is now, so it goes with you in the same bag wherever you're going. If you're going out for the day, it goes with you out for the day and keep that monitor. And then there's a guideline. Is there a guideline that it comes up straight away the reading what what would a parent do, a mum do if their sugar levels was high when if you're finding it's high once or twice, I think, you know, the diabetic nurse will have a, a very, they have a very, very good discussion with them at the point that they're diagnosed with diabetes and pregnancy. But if you find that it's consistently high, they might say, right, here's my mobile number, please contact me, we'll bring you in or I'll see you and we'll think about changing the management that you're on, talk through your diet, move to tablet, maybe need insulin. So, you know, you, the, the medical team is always there for you to access as long as you make sure you write a record of what you're eating. So, for example, if you eat, um, the days you eat one or two chapatis and they, they you've eaten five chapatis mm. and actually had um, a satsuma at the end, again, yeah. lots of sweet, mm-hmm. you'll find that your sugars go up. So everything in moderation, the food, the understanding that this will affect baby, making sure your levels are correct. Mm-hmm. Great. Is there something else that we should be aware of or advise parents before we move off diabetes? I think one of the things is, uh, I mentioned at the beginning, delivery. Um, mm-hmm. Women who are diabetic in pregnancy are encouraged not to go past 40 weeks, which is the, as such, your due date, which you'd see on your calendar. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because we've, there's some evidence, there is evidence, sorry, to show that the placenta, which is that powerhouse that it gives baby the nutrients, doesn't work as well past 40 weeks as it would in a woman who doesn't have diabetes. Mm -hmm. So you'd find that we do something called inducing Mm -hmm. or induction earlier than the due date, which is fine because a baby's as such ready and cooked Mm -hmm. and uh, ready to meet the world after 37 weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's called your term, you know, after 37 weeks anyway. 
you'd find women are being induced slightly earlier, whether it's 38 weeks, 39 weeks, or even around 40 weeks in the hospital. So this is where you wouldn't ideally be allowed to do a home birth or allowed to do um, a birth on the midwifery-led unit. We'd like to have you on delivery speed because there's chances that baby might get distressed inside, you need a little bit more attention, and this this joint partnership hmm. through labour with the medical and the midwifery team. Hmm. We didn't actually talk about induction in our previous series last week. Maybe something we'll come back to in a little bit uh, if we have a chance today to talk about that and different why why we need it to induce the pregnancies. So diabetic babies tend to be larger babies, so this is why you actually would intervene a little bit earlier for the, that safety again. If you control the sugar as well, the mm. baby is within a normal size. Mm. I think if they're uncontrolled diabetes, um, then yes, the amount of sugar that's that's in the body goes through the placenta to mm-hmm. the baby, increases the baby's um, weight to an, to an abnormal level. Mm-hmm. So that's where you get the very, very big babies. I think if you control it well, you stay within limits, even for you and for baby. So there's a top message there, top tip, listeners. If you have diabetes or if your midwife or doctor is worried about this, that you need to follow the instructions that they are giving you, um, especially taking those blood tests, keeping to the same monitor, not changing the monitor with anybody else because that record is stored on that monitor and they need to access that record. And if you're giving them somebody else's monitor, then you're giving them somebody else's results, which is very confusing and not giving the true picture so when it comes to time of delivery people don't have that true picture of your pregnancy great wonderful now we're going to go into another issue another medical disorder which is very important that our listeners need to know about is high blood pressure Thank you, uh, Kathleen. Yes, I think it's important to touch on high blood pressure in pregnancy because there are women who do develop this and it requires a certain level of monitoring, different medications and again, different management plan from Mm -hmm. a deviation from the normal. Mm -hmm. So I'd I'd like to just touch upon this if that's okay. So you can have different types of um, high blood pressures uh, related pregnancy conditions. So one is where women have high blood pressure outside of pregnancy anyway. Mm -hmm. This is where they've been seeing their GP for years, they're on tablets, they Mm -hmm. know they've got high blood pressure. So they're called chronic hypertensive. So they've had it for a long time and they need to plan a little bit about what they want to do when they get pregnant uh, or, you know, what sort of medications they want to be on. There's certain medications that they can't be on. Um, in terms of high blood pressure management when they conceive because it affects the baby in the first 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. So I think if you are someone who suffers with high blood pressure and you're thinking of planning a pregnancy, you know, plan with your with your doctor. Don't think that this is something that doesn't require need, that doesn't necessarily need medical input because it might be on a medication that needs changing to something that's safer for the baby in the first trimester. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. Um, The other thing is women who have blood pressure that occurs or starts in their pregnancy. So after 20 weeks... There can be just blood pressure, blood pressure with something called protein in the urine. I mm-hmm. think women who are pregnant obviously realize every time they go to the midwife or doctors, they get the urine, you know, the urine checked. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that happens with a little stick that's mm-hmm. put in. It tests for different things. One of the things it tests for is protein. Mm-hmm. And having protein in the urine with blood pressure um, is a sign of something called preeclampsia mm-hmm. or high blood pressure in pregnancy uh, with its effects. So women will find that that's why we do these checks we check the blood pressure we check the urine every single time it's not because we just have nothing else to do <laughs> we these are all screening tests these yeah. are safety nets around the women to make sure they have that healthy baby at the end 
Great. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that maybe after the commercial break and we'll show other videos around that as well for our listeners or can listen into the videos that have been re- recorded on our chance that they can actually tune into them, uh, themselves. So this, the blood pressure on its own can be a complication on its own. So without the urine, without the protein in the urine or anything else, that can be a complication. And that can be treated quite regularly, quite well during pregnancy? Again, there's different levels of um, blood pressure. So mm. you've got the top number. I think most people have two numbers when they receive yeah. a blood pressure. They, they understand that much. So you have mm. the top number, which tends to be around 120, mm. then a bottom number, which is uh, around 80-ish, mm. um, 70, 80-ish. So the top number and the bottom number are both important. In fact, the top number is a lot more important now. It mm. used to be that the bottom number, the diastolic pressure, mm. blood pressure was more important. But it's important to know the full picture. So the the systolic and the diastolic, both the top and the bottom number of that fraction are important mm-hmm. to for the medical side of things. And if the blood pressure is higher than 140 over 90, you'll find that you're checked more regularly if it starts to go above. So 150 over 100, mm-hmm. then you're more likely to start medication or treatment for it. There's different sort of medications. So there's tablets that you can take that help reduce that blood pressure and essentially keep you within a normal level. Most women actually find that, uh, well, some women find they're discovered to be hypertensives or preeclamptics when they see the midwife on Mm. a routine visit. Some women find they have some of the symptoms or effects of that high blood pressure and they come in saying, you know, I'll, I'll explain what they could have. And if you do have these things, definitely seek medical advice. One of the things you'd find women complain of is a headache, and that tends to be at the front, mm-hmm. just around the forehead or behind the eyes. Mm-hmm. And they say this very typical frontal headache mm-hmm. that they complain of that doesn't go away. Um, they've had to take paracetamol for it, etc. They also complain of blurring of their vision mm-hmm. or spots of flashing lights in their vision. So if you find that you have that, you know, you might find that you have that when you're sitting and then you stand up suddenly, but that's got to do with the blood pressure, with, you know, just a quick stand up yeah, rather yeah. than with the preeclampsia. Also, if you've got pain in your tummy, especially on the right-hand side, right upper side, so just underneath your ribs, if you've had general tummy pain, um, so pain that isn't going away, you'd highlight that anyway to your midwife. Mm. Um, You've also got, if you've got nausea and vomiting, and if you've got swelling in your hands or feet or even your face, that's not going down. It's there all throughout the day. It's getting worse over the next, over a couple of days. So these are all signs that you might have blood pressure in pregnancies so something called preeclampsia okay we're going to hold on to that actually because we're leading into commercial break and we'll come back and talk more about that after the break inshallah assalamu alaikum